Hi, dearest lovely. Welcome to episode 36 of the Dear Lovely Universe podcast with special guest speaker Linda Mallerstein. Linda is a very wonderful and unique person. I cherish her very much and I'm so happy that she agreed to be on the show. This episode is for you if you're having a challenging time dealing with past traumas, stored up emotions, or pain and want to find out why this could be happening and what you can do about it. Learn more about EFT tapping, mental blocks, and more. In this episode, Linda and I discuss what EFT tapping is, what right livelihood means to her, one myth about hypnotherapy and how she debunks it, the most common complaints and mental blocks that she has experienced with her clients, the biggest takeaway from her career in helping people, and more. Here's more about Linda. Linda believes that life should be a power journey for everyone, as it has been for her. Using a unique combination of hypnosis, EFT tapping, humor, and the client's own spirituality, she has helped hundreds of people transform blocks and obstacles into satisfaction and success so that they can experience peace inside, so that they can feel the freedom of letting go. In private practice since 1999, Linda works with clients on a variety of issues, including changing negative habits, overcoming infertility, conquering fears, building confidence and self-esteem, stress relief, and so much more. She is board certified by the National Guild of Hypnotists, a contributing author to Everyday Miracles of Hypnotherapy, and breaking through getting past the stuck points in your life. She's also a frequent featured guest on radio and television, including Your LA, on NBC TV, and on KRTH Radio. Hi, dearest lovelies. I'm here today with Linda Mallerstein, and I know I'm always really excited to film every episode that I have, but I'm extremely excited today because Linda is such a special woman to me. She really has helped me so much on my journey of healing. And so it really means a lot to me to have her on the podcast to help have her share her messages with you. Um, She's been practicing hypnosis for a really long time. She is very, very skilled in her craft. And so let's welcome Linda Malstein. Hello, it's so nice to be here with you, Kaylin. Thank you for joining me. So can you tell listeners a little bit about your background? Well, I I never know how to answer when someone says that because we're so multifaceted, but I'm um, a mother and a grandmother and I've been um, doing hypnotherapy since 1999. Um, crazy in love with animals and everything having to do with personal growth. What else do you want to know? I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I think all of those things are beautiful. So how did you get into the profession of hypnosis? I've been in various kinds of therapy for most of my life. Um, And whenever I have been in a a group therapy situation, everyone would say, you should be a therapist, you should be a therapist. Mm -hmm. But I didn't 
to have the means. I was a single mom and, you know, I didn't have the means to go to college for years and years and years. Um, and so I just uh, continued to participate in helping people. People would always come to me with their problems. And somewhere in my, over the age of 50, uh, I was looking for right livelihood. I was looking for what, what did God put me on earth to do? And I had my own business and I went to a networking meeting uh, to promote my business. And I met a woman who offered me a hypnotherapy session and I accepted. And while I was in hypnosis and hearing her give me the suggestions, it came up from my subconscious mind. Wow, she's good at this. I could do that. And I started exploring and I had written an affirmation of everything, all the qualities I wanted in my career, in my right livelihood. And as I started exploring hypnotherapy, it checked every single box. And from the very first uh, introduction class that I went to, it was like the couple running toward each other on the beach love you i love you and it it just it just filled my heart and i've been doing it ever since it was very i was very much led very much guided that is so amazing yeah. i'm so happy that it all worked out the way it did me too <laughs> yeah i never get bored it's infinitely fascinating all the time Mm hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see why it would be fascinating, especially um, with how much experience that you have. It's just, it's just uh, constantly new experiences. Yeah, everyone has a story and everyone's story is unique and, and fascinating. I, I love learning about people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's why I feel like this is such a great profession for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. When you use the word right livelihood, mm -hmm. can you explain that a little more? Well, it's a term I heard. Uh, I think it's a Buddhist term. Um, I heard people in um, the New Age spiritual community use the word right livelihood. Uh, I have, ha I had different um, jobs, but right livelihood is the fit. It's like finding your soulmate, mm -hmm. but with work. Yeah. You have to look it up because I, I it just feels right to me. Mm -hmm. What you're meant to do, just like when you meet the person you're meant to be with, this is what God put me on earth to do. And that's my yeah. livelihood. Yeah, no, I really love that. And I'm a huge, huge advocate for people unleashing what their true gifts really are because it just uh, kind of seems to me like a lot of people grow up and they go into a profession that they think will make them a lot of money or is stable, something like that. But they, at some point, point they lose 
a grasp of their dreams, what they really wanted to do in life. Yeah, I, I have a lot of bit. One of the questions on my intake form is, do you like your work? Uh, how, or how do you feel about your work? What would you rather do? And I get a lot of people who always wanted to be an artist or a musician, and they were talked out of it by parents who meant well. But there's lots of ways to uh, move that talent into something commercial as well. You don't have to be a starving whatever it is that you want to do. And it's never too late. I'm, I'm going to share with you the, my inspiration. Um, my father uh, grew up during the Depression. He had to turn down a college scholarship uh, so that he could work and take care of a younger brother and sister. Fast forward, World War II, married my mom, had my sister and me, never went to college. When my sister and I were grown up, and out of the house. He was 48 years old. He took the law SATs, the LSATs, and uh, passed and was accepted into a law school at the age of 48. And his friend said, when you graduate, you're going to be 52. And my father said, I'm going to be 52 anyway. <laughs> so he went to school and he, he passed the bar at the age of 52. So I never felt discouraged that I had not found it until my 50s, and it's never too late. So you're, lucky that you're, you're manifesting at such a young age, but sometimes people change. It's never too late. Yeah. Yeah, I am a huge, huge believer that it's never too late to do what you really want to do say what you want to say, you know, live how you want to live. One of the things that I've really been learning these last few years is that we shouldn't put off our lives. Um, if you want to do something, do it now, because if not now, when? Seize the day, caveat emptor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, how is your method of hypnosis different from the way that other people do it and how people would maybe interpret um, how, it, how it's done in the movies? Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite questions. People say to me, ooh, I better not come too close to you. You might hypnotize me. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. It's not like in the movies, you know, you go bop someone on the head, they fall over and uh, end up in the other end of the earth. Um, hypnosis is not a synonym for relaxation. Most hypnotherapists use what's called direct suggestion, and it's very powerful. Close your eyes, relax. I'm going to tell you positive things. You're going to hear the positive suggestions over and over again. And by hearing those positive suggestions, you're going to change things in your life. And that works. Uh, but that didn't work for me because I had so much trauma in my life. And so hypnosis means focused attention and the bypass of the analytical part of your mind. So your analytical mind thinks, it doesn't feel. Your subconscious mind feels, it doesn't think, it can't think, it doesn't care what's logical. And the subconscious mind's job is to feel, 
and not only to feel, but to express feelings. And expressing feelings doesn't just mean talking about them like you do in therapy. It's expressing from a visceral, deep, deep place. So since hypnosis means focused attention, you can be in hypnosis and be moving around. Like someone who's golfing is in a hypnotic state when they're um, focusing on the cup to make to sink a putt. Nothing else exists in the world. Time stands still. Since hypnosis means focused attention, you can be in hypnosis and be moving and talking and expressing and releasing. My belief in my practice is feelings are short-lived in this moment unless you resist feeling them. What you resist persists. What you can feel, you can heal. And since people are coming to me for some kind of healing, when they are in that hypnotic state and bringing up the emotions that never got to be expressed in the present, in the past, um, I can help people find the root cause of the triggers for the present. So you as my hypnotic subject are communicating with me. We're doing uh, an interactive process. So it's not just you lying there listening to me give positive suggestions. I believe in affirmation. I use affirmation. But to me, uh, an affirmation is like a shiny red apple. It's nutritious and beautiful. But if you take a healthy piece of fruit and you put it in a bowl of fruit that's brown and rotten, what will happen to the healthy apple? It'll rot from what's in the bowl. So if you clean the bowl, then you can put the affirmation in and it will do its work. So I, I have a metaphor that I use for the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is like a big pot of stew. And you've been putting negative vegetables in since you were a little kid. And uh, the pot is boiling on the stove and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. You put more negative vegetables and you put in fear, anger, guilt, grief. And then one day you put in a pearl onion and the pot boils over. It's not because the onion is so big, it's because the pot's already full. And that's when you have uh, outbursts of anger, compulsive behavior, anxiety attacks. All of that comes from the pot being too full. So my way of doing hypnosis is to help you clean the pot. Then we can put the positives in. And it's not what you see in the movies. Bop. Oh, what happened? I'm different. No. <laughs> yeah. It makes so much sense that by cleaning the pot, it would just help everything else rather than sticking something into the pot. And it really does make so much sense that when the pot gets overflowed, that's when we see these compulsive behaviors and, and stuff like that. I, I know that, I, I know a few people who, who have a hard time with 
controlling their emotions and often will leash out or go through days of depression. And while I think that it's you know, very unfortunate, I am a big advocate for knowing that you are in control of your reactions to situations. Sometimes you can be, but if the pot is too full, it becomes very hard to control those reactions. And so I'm not asking my clients to control their emotions. I'm asking them to release their emotions in a safe way, in a safe place. That's not necessarily uh, in the presence of other people. So mm -hmm. a, I think people confuse depression and sadness because depression, I'm not a therapist and I, you know, I, I'm not allowed to diagnose, but I have found that a lot of people who have um, anger that is repressed from a long time ago, anger turned inward, they will become depressed. And it's like this heaviness. I've, yeah. I've been clinically depressed. I've experienced that in my own life. I know what it feels like. And as I did this work myself and got more and more of the, the grief and the anger out of my body, the depression lifted. But mm -hmm. sad, sadness happens. And there is yeah. a difference. Yeah, no, there's definitely a difference between sadness and depression. One of the things that um, some had told me one time when I was going through a little thing and uh, she was like, no, no, don't, don't say you're depressed. Just say that you're having a bad day or a bad week and just let it be it and like, let it go. Just um, don't, don't put yourself in this mindset that you are a depressed person just because you're not having a great you know, weak. And I thought that kind of was helpful because, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself an inherently depressed person uh, most of the time, you know, like there's exceptions in my life where I have gone through stages where it was extremely difficult. But most of the time, I, I'm a pretty happy person. So, you know, when I started going to like bouts of those kinds of things. It's helpful to know that, you know, you could have a bad day, you could be upset, you can, you know, something can happen and that's okay. And it's okay when you get home to express it, whatever that feeling, if you can let it go, great. But some people can't. Some people, if you had told me when I was going through uh, my clinical depression, my, if you had told me to let it go, I would have gotten feeling worse because I couldn't, I didn't know how. Um, so there are healthy ways to express feelings, not to dwell on them, not to complain all the time, because if you if, just crying, 
or saying something negative like it's never going to get better, life sucks, that is counter, counter, counterproductive. But sometimes to say I'm angry about that or I'm sad about that or I feel lonely today. And one of the techniques I use is EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And that's really powerful uh, in helping people release some of the less adrenaline emotions for me, like uh, sadness, loneliness, uh, grief. There's a, EFT follows the same, uh, the same guidelines as acupuncture. In Eastern medicine, your organs of your body coincide or they're governed uh, by certain emotions. So the lungs is sadness. And so if I have grief and at my age, I've had, a, I've had grief, you know, you get to a certain age, you've lost stuff. It's impossible to go through a full life and not have lost something, a job, a person, a relationship, a friendship. And um, using the EFT techniques, emotional freedom techniques, and um, stimulating the acupressure points that coincide with the energy meridians that govern those organs and expressing verbally what it is you want to release, like loneliness and sadness. If I rub my chest and I say, I'm so sad, I'm so lonely, and I cry and I, I can feel it lifting out of me. I can just feel it's like flushing out of me. If someone were to say to me, get over it, and I were to stuff it down, it would just come back another time. So you, you have to be able to know when it's, you know, this is no big deal, don't dwell on it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And you are, you are an incredibly powerfully positive person. I love that about you. I have not always been. I am more, much more now, because I got so much of that stuff out. And that's what I try and help people do. And then, because we've cleaned stuff out, then we put the positives in. Mm -hmm. Then you can see the, have gratitude, you know, see the good sides of everything. I'm a big fan of expressing gratitude. You can always, 100%. yeah, you can always find something to be grateful for. Yeah. I believe uh, very much that when we are grateful and we practice and express gratitude, we honestly get, uh, our, our lives are just enhanced so much. It elevates us. Yeah. Yeah. But I could, I can definitely, um, I can definitely agree that EFT tapping is amazing and an incredible tool to use. I have used EFT with myself, my dad, with you and your practice. It's incredible. Um, I also heard a story one time from my dad that he had a patient who was like a special agent of some sort and he had to uh, he was in a very like high risk situation where he had to get people from other countries and like take them to 
like some someplace safer or something like that. Basically someone who had gone through much trauma and the way that they, and to get into the country, they would have to be at a certain um, place that was of calmness or something. They had to do some kind of test. I'm not really sure. But to release that trauma so they were able to get into the country, they would practice EFT tapping. And that's the only thing that would help them get calm enough to be able to do what they had to do. Just for your, your viewers, listeners, um, there are a bunch of videos on YouTube that will teach you the basics of emotional freedom techniques or tapping. And yeah, it's a really powerful technique that I, I teach all my clients and I use myself a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll definitely include some EFT links in the show notes for anyone that's interested to check it out more. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Um, so what's one myth about hypnosis and can you debunk it? My favorite, my favorite myth. You are not, you, you, you cannot be out of control. I cannot make you do or say or think or feel anything you do not want. You are in complete control at all times when you're in hypnosis. You would not allow me to put you in hypnosis unless you trusted me. And back in the day, I used to say, um, if, if, if I had the power to hypnotize you to do anything, I would um, convince George Clooney that I'm a mall and have him marry me. Now, who is the who is the the hottest person for your age group? Um, probably the hottest, guy, the hottest girl. Like I would, the person that comes to mind right now is Zayn Malik and DJ Hadid. They're like a very they're like DJ Hadid is like a supermodel and okay, Zayn no, is like pop star or something like that yeah yeah so i would convince zayn malik that i look like Gigi hadid and we would go off into the sunset you cannot be you cannot be uh, hypnotized against your your control you're not out of control so if if you were in hypnosis and i told you go to your bank and pull out all your money and bring it to me you would immediately pop out of hypnosis and say what are you some kind of nut I'm not doing that. That's crazy. So, and, and people, you, you know, this thing about stage hypnosis, those people are in full agreement with the stage hypnotist to do all of those silly things. They are not out of control. They are having a ball. And if somebody uh, is not in hypnosis, a good stage hypnotist will notice that they're faking it and send them off the stage. So the people that are there are doing that because they want to. Mm -hmm. I had a stage hypnotist tell me one time, I look for people to put in hypnosis who would dance with a lampshade on their head at the office Christmas party. Mm -hmm. You are in complete control at all times. You cannot get stuck. It's just like that place where you are between sleep and awake at night. You're in that place. You're in, you're in and out of hypnotic states all the time. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to bring up uh, because I, I feel like that could be a very valid concern for a lot of people. Yeah. So the number one first thing they ask, I can't be hypnotized. I don't want to be out of control. Oh, and that's another thing. I, I, in, in 21 years, um, I've only, there were only two people that didn't go into hypnosis and it's because they didn't really want to. So when people say I can't be hypnotized, those are the people I get the biggest thrill out of hypnotizing because I do it differently. I don't do the close your eyes, relax, float on a cloud, relax your eyeballs, relax your jaw. I have different techniques that I use to help people enter the hypnotic state. So mm -hmm. you, yes, you can be hypnotized. You mm -hmm. have the right person who knows some other techniques besides what we call progressive relaxation. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering, uh, in your years of hypnotherapy, how, how do, do, do you see a huge improvement in a lot of people? Oh, yeah. All the time. Um, some of the ones that make me most happy are people who come to me with relationship issues. They can't, you know, they don't choose the right person. They have um, trouble being faithful or whatever the thing is. Uh, and helping them move through all of the blocks that came from past relationships, including uh, family of origin and having them married, sending me pictures of their babies and telling me how happy they are. I have had people um, uh, embark on careers of their dreams that they never thought they could, could have. And because they cleared uh, whatever those blocks were, they're flourishing. Oh my gosh, I see huge improvements in everyone that I work with. It's very, so great. Yeah, very gratifying. And I, I just want to mention, I'm doing everything virtually now. Uh, I've been doing it virtually for about a year and a half now. Exact same results. I can see your face. I can, you know, connect with you. It's so interesting how much more intimate uh, a Zoom call is than a phone call or a FaceTime call because you can see someone's face, you can see their eyes, and you still get that intimate connection. Definitely. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's so great that you're able to do this virtually. Yeah, I was really worried when I started doing it, that it, it might not be the same. But I have clients that I saw uh, when I was seeing people in person, and they, you know, a couple of years have passed, they have a new challenge and they contact me, no difference, absolutely no difference. That's so great. Yeah, and I'll definitely include, you know, where to contact you in the show notes too, for people who want to book an appointment. Yeah, I have someone that I worked with in from Boston the other day. Um, and he's, he's, he's taking a trip to Europe, so I'll be working with him in Portugal. That's so great. great. Yeah, yeah, that's, definitely a huge, huge perk 
to being able to, you know, not only just with, because of the coronavirus and being able to work virtually, but just in life, having that, that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering, what are the most common mental blocks that you see in people? I'm going to address that and the most common complaint because they go together. Mm -hmm. the most common complaint that I get is anxiety. Whether it's for um, compulsive behaviors, smoking, weight loss, gambling, um, outbursts of anger, it comes from anxiety. And uh, anxiety comes from a pot that's too full of adrenaline. The blocks to people's success are easily identified as uh, perfectionism, which is the flip side of low self-esteem. People with low self-esteem think they have to be perfect in order to justify their existence. So um, procrastination, that is one of the the blocks that um, people come to me with. And procrastination is again, a it comes from a fear of making a mistake. So all of those things are connected. It's a lack of confidence, low self-esteem, a fear of making a mistake. Mm. Those are the biggest blocks. That is so, so, so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, anxiety and procrastination, all these things are, I think, very, very real challenges that so many people face in their everyday lives. So many people. And if only more people knew about, you know, how to get to these roots root the root of the cause um that would be so great even like one of the things that i love working with that this is interesting because it's not what it seems is the fear of flying people who have a, a flight phobia and they have all this anxiety none of the people maybe one of the people i've ever worked with who have a fear of flying have had any kind of near uh, crash experience. None of them have had any negative experience in, in the airplane. It's always a metaphor for something else that being in that situation reminds them of. And they have all these feelings of anxiety. And when we go back uh, to things in the past, what does that remind you of? They show up at, at a past event. We clear the emotions from the past event. We get out the fear, the anger, the grief, whatever is in there. They go back to the airplane. The anxiety is gone. That's how I help people with um, weight loss and uh, other things like that. The, the anxiety is from too much adrenaline in the pot. Uh-huh. And it's not, it's really, when you do something physical, 
adrenaline is meant for your hands and feet to move. So meditation is great, but sometimes meditation does not help people past that moment. So if they can get into a state of meditation, it will help them in that moment. But if there's a lot of stuff in the pot from the past, it may not have a lasting effect. If you get the stuff out of the pot, you get the adrenaline out of the pot, then when you go to meditate, you go deep. Does that make sense? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And the times that we're in now, people are having a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. We can't do a lot about changing the circumstances outside of us. But to be able to express those feelings and get those feelings out. Yeah. It really helps with the anxiety. It really helps a lot. Yeah. I know we mentioned that EFT is a great way to release stored up things in the pot. Do you have any other recommendations that people can try? I think if people have a lot of... Um, Okay, it's, it's kind of hard now because of the, the quarantines, but if there's any way you can do some kind of boxing, hmm. um, I think yoga is, is a fabulous um, technique because it works, not only works the whole body, but it, it concentrates on deep breathing. And um, don't watch the news 24-7. Mm -hmm. You want to stay informed, I understand, but constantly feeding yourself a barrage of negativity is not good for the body. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I was actually listening to a meditation this morning, and uh, he, was, he was saying how a lot of people, like, first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is we'll check our phones or turn on the news and go into the consciousness of society and just plug in right away. Before we take a minute to just enjoy ourselves in this quietness of the morning and start our day off with gratitude or being grounded to the earth. Beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, I'm Jewish. And I'm not a terribly, terribly uh, religious or observant Jewish person, but one of the things that <clears throat> is in the Jewish tradition is to wake up every morning and thank God for your breath, for, uh, uh, you know, sort of coming out of another sleep. And I, I think that's beautiful. Really good. Definitely. Really yeah, good. no, the breath is, um, I, I'm just, thinking about it this morning, how breath is life. And so thanking God for our breath is very important and very powerful. And I realize that there might be some people listening to this who might not believe in God. And so, you know, I, I think regardless if you believe in God or not, you could still appreciate what you have and thank your body for working so hard to keep you alive, things like that. Your higher self. We talked about, I mean, your podcast is called Dear Lovely Universe. The universe, 
I don't believe in a, a anthropomorphized, a, a, a person God. But I believe that there is an energy, a power that is good, that is infinite, that is generous. I, I've had so many miracles happen in my life. And I always thank the universe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, share, I share a pretty similar view and um, miracles. I, I, there's just sometimes, um, I think, in situations where it's just, you can feel that there is some kind of energy within you, that there was some kind of miracle. Um, and it, it's just the feeling of, you know, that there was just no way this could have happened without some greater help. Sometimes I feel like I get a little hesitant to talk so much about these things because I, you know, I, I, I don't know, I just feel a little, I, I get a little shy to talk about like spirituality, I guess sometimes, but I feel like I need to step into that power because this is things that I had to learn that really helped me. So I should really talk about it to help other people. I agree that for some people, the word God is a, um, it's a trigger word that makes them withdraw. I have a person that I love very much who uh, is, calls herself an atheist. And she, um, is, I forget what she, what she calls herself, but she wor worships the, the earth and rocks and trees. And um, she's one of the most spiritual people I know. It, there's a lot of ways to be spiritual. I just, you know, you just reminded me, I saw something, I found this post-it note yesterday. It says, if you want to see the face of God, look into the eyes of someone you love. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I had a client one time, again, he was an atheist. And uh, we had just come out of a hypnosis session and he started to cry. And, and I said, what, what, are you, what are you crying about? And he said, I saw God in my son's eyes. That to him, the love that he felt for his baby was what God was to him. So it can mm -hmm. have a lot of different meanings. Totally. Totally. And I love that. I think I just... I just think that um, God can be so many things. It, sh it really shouldn't be limited to one thing. And um, I honestly feel that I am, I, I am, that everything is kind of a part of God, every single living thing, because, you know, well, God is what created us. And I just feel that we are made of the same things as the, the stars. And in, in, in everything, I see myself. Energy. It's all mm -hmm. energy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. but And we can't. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to what's one of your biggest takeaways from helping people all of these years. Oh, my gosh. I thought about that. 
I have such admiration and respect for the indomitable human spirit. That means people come to me who have had so much challenge and so much pain and they're still moving forward. And in the work that we do, they face whatever uh, those fears are, whatever that pain is, they face it, they move through it to the other side where there is peace. And I have such an admiration, love and respect for people's ability to move on, to continue to put one foot in front of the other, no matter what. Such a respect for the human spirit. That's the biggest takeaway. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. I, I, I have felt it within myself, actually. Uh, you know, there's some days uh, that can uh, just be so, 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 so hard challenging. I don't know, that, those aren't even the right words, but um, it's a feeling. Mm -hmm. And there is just somewhere deep, deep, deep down that people know that they're meant to live. They're meant for something. They're meant for something bigger. And so the human spirit keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final messages that you'd like to share? Um, if anyone, excuse me, if anyone out there resonates with what I have said or the kind of work that I do, I would like to encourage you to look at my website, powerjourneys.com, uh, to look at my Yelp page because there are a lot of uh, reviews that people have written that have revealed a lot about their own personal experience and call me for a free consultation. I spend a minimum of 20 minutes on the phone with someone in a free consultation. If you want to know if I can help you or uh, how I could help you, I would welcome those phone calls. I, I have a, a phone number on my website. I don't give my personal um, uh, cell phone number out on cyberspace, but there's a number that's just a voicemail. You have to leave a message because I never answer it. It's just a voicemail, but it's 310-228-3160. It lets me know there's a call and then I call you back. And once I've talked to you and uh, then I give my cell phone to people after that. Awesome. And I'm just uh, so proud of you. I think it's amazing. You have so much wisdom. You must be a very, very old soul. Thank you, Linda. Thank you. Thank you. So my last question is, what does the universe mean to you? Infinite energy, spirit, love, opportunity. Um, I wrote that down. Uh, spiritual energy. It's benevolent and it allows infinite possibilities. 
that's what the universe is. I love that. I love that a lot. Yeah. Infinite opportunities. Beautiful. Infinite love. Yeah. Thank you. Well, definitely check out Linda Malestein and check out the links in the description. Thank you so much, Linda, for coming on. Thank you for inviting me, Kaylin. This has been a delight, wonderful conversation, give and take. You're a, you're a terrific interviewer. Thank you. Have a great rest of the, of the day. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Linda Malestein. Check out the links in the description to learn more about EFT tapping and search www.powerjourneys.com to contact or book a session with Linda. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe and share it with your friends and family. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and a rating. It really helps a lot and I really appreciate it. You can sponsor this podcast by donating a small monthly fee at www.dearloveluniverse.com support. You can find me at Dear Lovely Universe on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Friday.